Race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for the first half of the show. We're back, still live, and in effect, still Stanley's not here. Alyssa's not either, but we have Jackie Cohen in the studio with us. We have Tiffany Brown, our guest commentator for the day. And we are going to jump right into a discussion about... The news. Uh, right, the news. <laughs> it's the news roundup, right? So we talk about our favorite stories of the week, the ones we love, the ones we hated, the ones, as Stanley would say, made us punch a baby or something, yeah. flip a table. <laughs> a puppy. Um, like. Yeah, so I, I wanted to start off um, actually talking about the explosion here in New York City. So apparently last night about 29 people were injured after there was a bomb in Chelsea, Saturday night and it happened around 8 30 p.m. on West 23rd Street which is extremely busy and, all the and time Ave, I think it was extremely busy especially right. on a Saturday night definitely yeah. like there's a number of restaurants and things to do people to you know people are always there in that area so um then there was also explosions in New Jersey as that well. M- yesterday morning. Right. right. Before, and no one was injured in that explosion, but there was like a homemade pipe bomb um, that exploded in Seaside um, at the start. I believe there was like a charity running race happening. Um, so nobody was hurt in that explosion, thankfully. Um, but last night in Chelsea, about 29 people were injured. One who was no one, I believe, critically injured, but there was one very serious injury, um, but nobody was feared to have have died um, and built a Blasio had a press conference last night that was reaffirmed by um, Governor Cuomo this morning that said that they know this act was intentional. Um, They believe it was a homemade device. They also found a second um, device a few blocks away on 27th Street a few hours later that looks like a pressure cooker, the same kind of device that was built by the Cernayev brothers um, at the Boston Marathon attackers. so there was a second device. They're going to take it apart today and figure out what exactly it was. But it looked pretty sketchy. It was like a pressure cooker with wires and a cell phone attached to it. So who knows? Um, another thing that de Blasio mentioned was that it was not linked to terrorism. Yes, it was not. So, which, I mean, which I think a lot of people are sort of like, what? Obviously, this was an intentional act. Like, how could it not be terrorists or connected but i think that what he is implying there is that it wasn't connected to an organization like obviously this is an intentional act but it wasn't connected to isis or another terror organization right and i think that's important to talk about and to say because we're just you know we were just commemorating the 15th year um of 9-11 15 years ago 9-11 happened and to be so close to home like so close to the world trade center it's scary and and, and it's rattling um you know tiffany what did you feel about that in terms of i'm sorry of 9-11 well well just just the explosion at in general so Jackie actually <laughs> told me about it as we were walking into the uh, radio station, which goes to show how much I wasn't because I had a uh, family function. But I think it's important, like you guys were saying, that it's important to acknowledge that, you know, it wasn't any links to um, terrorism. But it's also you you get really nervous yeah. when you hear an explosion in the train station or at, you know, a landmark because you don't know what to expect. And we also not even think about terrorism, but also to acknowledge that there's a lot of folks in the United States that are angry and upset and very disconnected <laughs> with our government and yep. are also, you know, doing things, you know, against this government as a, as a form of, you know, protest or action. And, 
you get real nervous when you live in these type of cities because, you know, soon as you have these attacks, you hear other attacks of folks that are maybe from that community or if they are a person of color also being attacked. So yeah. when you, you live in this climate where it's like, I want to be safe. I want us to have a strong, uh, you know, uh, national security when it comes to uh, protecting our shores and stuff. But we also know when we say things like that, like how citizens that live in this country will be treated. Right, exactly. Um, I think that it always raises fears of Islamophobia for me because yep, right. it's like people automatically assume that a, a Muslim did this, and whereas mm-hmm. people who practice terrorism and or join ISIS are not Muslims at all. They're not pa- practicing Islamic faith. So you know that I'm always scared of the older woman ran her job that's going to be attacked on the mm-hmm. subway tonight because of some lunatic who was like, "Oh my God, you guys are trying to kill us." Right. No, let's keep things in perspective well it's also wild to think about sort of the post 9-11 world that we live in and how these incidents are handled now versus before then right like i and my mother's going to hear this and totally flip out but i was about 10 blocks away um when this explosion happened um i was at penn station me too very very close exactly at the same time that it happened i didn't know about it until i got home to brooklyn like i i didn't know about it until i got an alert a news alert from the new york times and i realized like oh and i could faintly hear sirens in the distance but i you know i didn't know about it and i think that's sadly in part because we are as a city well equipped to deal with incidents like Mm. this and you know the nypd has protocol and there's anti-terrorism units that come in and you know like totally know what to do and it's sort of like on the one hand okay good to live in a city like new york that can like deal with a terror attack but also like how sad is that that like we live in a city that has like the most equipped police force i guess to deal with an attack like this i mean it's it's just sad and scary and like tiffany said like it promotes a lot of um finger pointing at your neighbor right like you ride on the subway and you see the like see something say something ads and i think on the one hand like as a general rule of life that's like good advice right like if you see something bad happening you should say something or you should step up and like as an activist i always think like if you see something wrong happening you should act up and say something but this is based on people's fears of one another mm-hmm. and it's only heightening that fear of your neighbor by saying oh they're doing something that I don't understand I'm just going to say something this this gives me like the opportunity I guess to you know they do this thing that I don't understand or they have this ritual right. that I think is weird just because I don't understand their culture so I'm going to call the cops <laughs> right no good right all. which is but, what I think sorry what those see something say something ads yeah, for bros exactly. it is literally promoting you to be like this I don't know, vigilante police officer (laughs) and seeking out danger or pointing people out that has nothing to do because you're you have these own inherent biases of people and what you think they're about. My my friend called it the snitch campaign. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And exactly. It's like it's hyper paranoia as well. Because it's like, oh my God, I think I just saw something. Maybe I should say something. Yeah, definitely. No, you didn't see anything. But um something that is realistic is there's fifty days left to um the election. We are counting down. It's less than two months and I know like forever. Does it? I mean, I don't know. Like, I can take, (laughs) I can take four more years of Obama. I mean, Michelle Obama just did another speech, and people were like, four more years," and I'm just like, "Please don't leave the office." Like, did you see Michelle Obama's video of her in CVS drinking boxed Franzia, boxed wine with Ellen DeGeneres? I 
love that woman so much. I do not want to. I will cry the day that they leave. I, I'm, I'm taking off. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need some paid maternity leave. Off that day. Like, <laughs> seriously, some but you know. Leave. So speaking of the election, I know that Jackie had a very interesting story about um, oh, Donald yeah. Trump that you were telling us on the break. Yeah, my um, my dad sent me the story this morning, which cracked me up. Which is Jane Goodall, who is known for her years and years of work um, studying chimpanzees in the wild, came out saying that Trump's behavior is similar to a male chimpanzee um, and she was studying him and said that you know he's like hyper aggressive um, she basically said in many ways the performances of Donald Trump remind me of male chimpanzees and their dominance rituals in order to impress rivals males seeking to rise in the dominant hierarchy perform spectacular displays stamping slapping the ground dragging branches and throwing rocks and so that's how she compared Donald Trump's behavior which I think is like pretty accurate right like he's this sort of like tries to be this like hyper masculine like aggressive like I just win, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's problematic because what she, what Jane Goodall is essentially saying is like the more that chimpanzees do this display, <laughs> the more powerful they become because the rest of the tribe will sort of like respect them and trust that they're the ones in charge. And that's what we see happening with Trump. Exactly. It's like we're all animals like in our you know even our political system is based in this where people are seeing trump doing these displays that are so ridiculous but he's owning it and they're just like all right we trust him you know like we he just says he's gonna win so he can't be wrong right like he's great right I mean, Gross. comparing Donald Trump to a chimp is not, like, too bizarre for me. And I'm so <laughs> glad for that report because, I mean, that that's pretty much how he acts. And, and I feel like that report was pretty spot on. Um, right. And especially, you know, another thing that Donald Trump's been doing that's been pretty irritating is he's been, like, flipping every criticism that Hillary Clinton throws at him on her. So she literally, he's literally called her a bigot. He said that <laughs> she has... No policy proposals and no ideas, whereas in reality, the Clinton campaign has been buried in policy. Like, that's all they do. And she's a policy wonk. And he's also said that instead of giving out policy ideas, she's just been giving divisive hate speech. Like, I'm like, so literally, it's like a It's like, I know you're not, but what am I? I'm like, Donald Trump is literally taking every word out of uh, Hillary Clinton's talking points. And, like, just losing it on her. And I'm just like, are people that stupid that they go for this? Well, so this week, Donald Trump came out, not his campaign, but Donald Trump in the flesh came out and said that he he reaffirmed Americans that Barack Obama was indeed born. Yeah. Yes. That they he was indeed born in the United States. Um, and what he said was, and as, as many people listening remember, you know, Trump was in the middle of the birther controversy, basically a very racist claim, basically mm-hmm. claiming that Barack Obama was not born in the United States and he wanted to find his birth certificate. And Obama did a really great thing, I thought, which was that he campaigned on this in his last election and had uh, campaign merchandise that a friend of mine owns it. There's a mug that says born in the USA and has his birth certificate printed on the side of it. Like he, you know, he totally made fun of this, but uh, it was really problematic and it really spun up this um, racist rhetoric. And so this week he came out and said, actually, no, Barack Obama, there's no doubt in my mind, was born in this country. And Hillary Clinton was the one that started this rhetoric. Hillary Clinton was the one that perpetuated this lie that uh, that Barack Obama was not born in the United that, States. That he's yeah. saying that she started birtherism. <laughs> Which is so, so far fetched. Like he took so much ownership. Like he led the birther movement. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Like, 
I just the thing is I get him now because he is who he is and he's been like this for seven mm-hmm. decades. It's the people who are following him and voting for him. I'm just like, really? And the people who are also undecided who are like, you know, I don't know, Hillary or Trump, who's the lesser of two evils? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Like it's pretty blatant and it's pretty obvious. So, you know, since we're talking about the campaign, another thing that's been happening that everybody's been fixated on is Hillary Clinton's health. We know that she um, has pneumonia and she felt a little faintish while she was commemorating 9-11 last Sunday. And, you know, she passed out. She had to go, uh, you know, take a drink and take a few days off. But, you know, she's come back strong and she says that, you know, not everybody can take a few days off like I can. So, you know, I get that. Like, I'm one of the privileged few. Right. But you have on the other hand, you have Donald Trump who's like, Oh, I have all of this stamina. You know, Hillary couldn't Ew. stand up here for an hour. But look at me. I feel like I'm 35. Look at my young wife. Look at my 10-year-old son. Ew. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I like it all. I don't know. Like, I, 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 in my opinion, that was just so sexist, in my opinion, yeah. because he's like, I'm a man. I never age. I never get old. But look at Hillary. You well, probably I mean, thought she passed out because she got her period. Which, let's be right. clear, she has not gotten her period (laughs) in a number of years at this point i I wouldn't be surprised if he said something like that yeah it's sexist yeah oh no oh no Uh, no, (laughs) it's it's sexist i mean it's it's this like ridiculous idea that like oh my god like she's human being like she got pneumonia like and also like a bunch of her staff got really sick too which selena you were in that office i'm gonna stay away from you (laughs) it was like the week that this happened you were in there so i know i might have the cooties guys yeah yeah, you got cooties (laughs) but no i think it's it's like ridiculous and it's I don't think that if he had gotten sick or if if Hillary was a male that she would have gotten sort of the same like attention because she was sick. But it's like there's this um, this idea as women that we have to go up this like frailty sort of like we can't be frail. We have to be strong. We have to be like and I think this is true for any group that finds themselves feeling like another right where you have to just like do double time to prove you're just as good. But really you're you're performing like twice as much. And I think that's true for her. Like she got sick. She got pneumonia. Like she's been campaigning nonstop. She's like an older woman. Like I got sick this week and I was out of work for two days because it like and I wasn't as sick as she was. Right. Um, so like people need to get over it. I can't believe it was such a news story. Yeah. They, they, it's basically a different standard that they too have yeah. to um, live up to. But, you know, there was another story that was really heart wrenching this week. It was the death of 13 year old Tyree yeah. King. Um, he apparently had a BB gun and was shot down by cops. So apparently a police officer said that he was in an alley. He went for his race band and was going to pull out a BB gun to a fake gun to a, a police officer. And not for nothing, that same police officer that shot him also shot another shot another black mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Um, I think they were like in, a, in, in 2012. Argument. Yeah. Shot and killed another mm-hmm. and was found not, you know, there was it was determined by the department that there was no wrongdoing in that case, which whatever. But, but I mean, it's important to note that often in these cases where we find black men and black children, 13 years old being shot down is that the cops that are doing the shooting and the killing have a history of violence and a history Mm -hmm. of killing. No, you, you you're absolutely right. Um, What was really interesting to me in that story was the police chief. And you could already tell, like, they're setting up the stage and launching Mm -hmm. to the campaign as to why he was justified in killing Tyree King. Because the police chief said, why would, you know, a 13-year-old have a BB gun uh, behaving and engaging in that type of activity in our communities Mm -hmm. and endangering our neighbors? 
and showing how the gun looked just like, uh, you know, a regular gun that, you know, police officers carries and putting the onus solely on this young kid. And not, I was like, so if you're going to put the onus, like, why would he walk around with this gun? Take it even further. Why would they even make this gun that looks exactly like a real gun? Right. Like, these are, like, we're not addressing these questions. And it's like, whether he had a BB gun whether he had a knife or, you know, whether he had nothing. It's just like we should not justify killing young black and brown people. It's like there's always like a justification or an asterisk as to why it's okay to shoot unarmed people or someone that you thought had a police, I mean, excuse me, you thought had a weapon, but it seems to be that they don't have anything on them. Right. And to me, I feel like, you know, police power, police officers, are they never lose a point of power or position or status in these situations. And when they say, I fear for my life, I was like, I feel like they're always in a point, they're always at the point where they could always have the most power in these situations. And I get it, they have to act fast and they have to do this and we could justify and go along the list. But it's like, he had a BB gun. I'm pretty sure there was backup. There was more of yeah. officers than it was of this young kid. And I think, you know, police officers maybe need to be trained to so like, I don't know really ass- fully assess the situation and not just think, shoot first, and we're going to have to sort this out later. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we we don't see enough instances where police officers de-escalate situations mm-hmm. without automatically shooting someone. And we know that disproportionately the people who are killed are black and brown. And it also, you know, reverts right back to the death of Tamir Rice in November yeah. of 2014, who was 12 years old, who was playing like, you know, With he was a pellet gun, a pellet gun mm-hmm. and a police officer, a, a, a man saw him and was like, "Oh, I think this guy has a gun, but I think it's a toy gun." He said that twice. He right. told him. He told the dispatcher. And they didn't relay. The dispatcher did not right. relay that information to the cops, which is ugh. yeah. And then so as soon as these two police officers rolled up, they didn't even get out the car. Like it took two seconds to shoot him down, and then they old. let him die. Right. It took them like a couple of minutes to try to resuscitate him. It's like it, it just brings us back to the questions: When will Black Lives Matter? I mean, and and it's like. You know, people wonder why there are riots. People wonder why people are so up in arms. It's like this happens over and over again. And now that we have modern day technology and you can literally watch the death of somebody like mm-hmm. Philando Castile or Alton Sterling. Like I watch them die on on, on my uh, YouTube. Like, you know, and that that's right. horrible. And it, it's like, you know, we have to just continue in the fight. We just we have to continue pushing for this and making sure that no matter who is elected, we need to let them know that black lives are going to matter. Like, I don't I don't care who wins. We're going to continue to do our part. And I think that it's also very important for us to pay attention. You know, make sure that you if you can't go to a march yourself, why not donate $10 to the New York Justice League? Or, or why not donate to, you know, the Million Hoodies? People that have dedicated their entire lives to stop police brutality, excessive violence, and who are just working on for the betterment of black and brown people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, this is in so many ways like cut and paste to Mira Rice, right? It happened in the same state, happened in the same state where a child was killed for playing with a toy gun or having a toy gun. Um, And like Tiffany said before, I think that there's like this total victim blaming going on Mm -hmm. where the cops immediately come out and say why they were justified instead of saying like, this is a tragedy. We killed a child who did not have a a weapon, a violent weapon on them. And it's sort of like looking at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. They're so quick to say, well, you know, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Like we were totally right. We were totally justified. And, you know, watch Mm -hmm. this cop continue a long, illustrious career without receiving any real sort of. Um, punitive action against him. Like the cop that choked Eric Gardner to right. death exactly. who's still yep. on payroll, yeah. which is horrible. And 
uh, completely ridiculous and mm-hmm. egregious. Um, you know, speaking of that, uh, it wasn't too long ago when around this time we were all like really, really apprehensive and, and scared about like the government shutdown. We're actually oh, approaching yeah. that time again. It's it's that time of the year so again. October, so, right? Yeah, basically. So so um um basically, Congress right now is uh, grappling with how to keep the government running past September thirteenth, according to the New York Times. That's when the fiscal year ends, and it's like with all the changes, we do have Paul Ryan now who's heading up the Republican Party. But do you guys think that any changes have been taking place between in basically on Capitol Hill? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, no, mostly no. I think Paul Ryan has um, been seemed as more progressive than he once was. Um, not even progressive, but he's just like softened, I guess, a little bit, but not in any real substantial way. I think that there's been like an interesting sort of like party politics. See shift sort of either towards or away from Trump. Um, but as far as any kind of like action happening on the Hill now. Well, <laughs> hopefully we won't have another government did I, shutdown. Did I mention that I'm jaded? Like I'm totally. <laughs> yeah, no don't, don't, don't hide <laughs> your bias. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Jackie. Yeah. All right, guys. So on that note, we do have to another, take another quick break. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to be talking about why we should all be thinking and praising Obama. And I'm just kidding. Well, maybe well, maybe, maybe just me. <laughs> because, you know, the economy is doing much, much better. And it took about 10 years for us to get here. But we're finally making some progress. But... Not everyone is doing that well, and we'll tell you more about that after this break on Let Your Voice Be Heard.